Do you ever feel torn between your commitment to truth and your desire to love people who are different from you, especially maybe those who are gay in your family or friends or in your church? Justin Lee has written a book called Torn, and he'll be talking with us about how to move in a more loving direction that doesn't sacrifice truth. Stay tuned for Good God. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. I'm your host, George Mason, and I'm pleased to welcome to the program today, Justin Lee. Justin, we're glad to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Justin is the executive director of Nuance Ministries, and for the past two decades, he has been uh, a leading voice in helping Christians wrestle with uh, how to treat uh, LGBTQ persons as persons, mm. uh, and helping churches and uh, and and those who are uh, struggling with their sexual identity, uh, their sexual orientation, uh, and including increasingly gender identity matters uh, to be in relationship with one another and uh, uh, find that place of identity in Christ to begin with and then uh, beyond uh, in their social relationships too. So thank you so much for being with us, Justin. I, I'm thrilled to be here. And there's a lot to talk about. There is, uh, always. So, so to begin with, I should say that uh, you wrote a really important book that has helped people in our church and helped scores of people uh, across the country. Uh, it, the uh, uh, U.S. version is called uh, Torn, mm. Rescuing the Gospel from the Gays versus Christians debate, as if those are two different things. Exactly. Right. Oh. Uh, and now you've written another book uh, that is moving uh, increasingly in the direction that uh, you're taking, uh, which is talking across the divide, mm -hmm. right? That is to say, how do we have difficult conversations about matters that have typically divided us, including this one? Right. So uh, you, I know you've just been to uh, Baylor University, which is wrestling with this question themselves. What does a Christian university do when it has a historic position about a marriage between, being between a man and a woman only and that sort of thing? And then you have an enormous number of, of uh, LGBTQ um, uh, students and uh, there's a hospitality matter and, and fairness and then uh, you're, you're going to be speaking to our church as well. So what have you been learning yourself mm. about this experience as you've been doing this work? Oh boy, that's a big question. Well, you know, um, I, I think one of the, I've, I've been doing this work in one form or another for over 20 years now. Yes. and. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've really learned is the need for us to have empathy for one uh, another. Okay. Um, as Christians, I think as human beings, um, we live in a time where our culture is so polarized, so mm -hmm. us versus them, whether yes. you're talking about politics, social issues, theological mm -hmm. issues, um, on all sides of whatever the issue is, right. we, we often feel like I need to know what my position is, why my position is what it is, and then draw the line in the sand and make sure I know who my enemies are yes. so that I don't ever listen to them and you know, right. make sure to either win them over to my side or vanquish them. You know? right. And I don't think that's the way of Jesus yes. um, because I, I believe that God loves 
even the people who are my cultural opponents, the people who disagree with me on things. And often, as I get to know people, I find out that even though we may disagree on some things, um, we may be starting from similar places. We may have some shared values. Mm -hmm. there, there may be issues that we can work through where we find, hey, we still disagree on this piece, but on this other piece, we can work together because we have a shared goal here. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I didn't know this thing that you've just told me, and you right. didn't know this thing that, that I know, and now that we know this, we may actually be closer together than we thought we were. So I think it's interesting that in uh, evangelical Christian culture, mm. uh, the language of truth seems to be right at the top of our, uh, of our values. Yeah. And each of us has spent time in the evangelical culture and understands that uh, the, the that that can become a kind of club to use against people who disagree with you, yeah. when in fact, um, you, in, in your language of saying we should be emphasizing empathy, that's moving more toward the language of love as the chief virtue. And it does seem that the Apostle Paul had something to say about that. <laughs> uh, and we're not paying attention to yeah. that very thing, isn't it? Well, you know, I. I, I say in torn that I, I don't think that truth and love should be uh, in any way viewed as uh, opposing one another. Right. I think they go together. Mm -hmm. and, um, and and you know it's interesting you bring up Paul because I look at how Paul dealt with an issue in Athens where mm -hmm. there was a significant theological disagreement mm -hmm. that he had with the Athenians. They mm -hmm. were worshiping all these gods that yes. Paul would have said are false gods. Mm -hmm. They had all these different altars. And of course, Paul would say, well, there's only one true God. And yet, we don't see Paul go into Athens and start berating these people and right. say, how dare you worship these false gods? He may have thought it, but he didn't say it. Instead, he says, I see that you are a, a deeply religious people. Mm -hmm. And I've paid enough attention to your culture to notice that you have an altar to an unknown God because you don't want to leave anybody out. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you about this God I know who is unknown to you. And that's his way of beginning this conversation. Right. It is a, an empathetic approach where mm -hmm. he's, he's getting to know where they are, what matters to them. He recognizes as much as he disagrees with their mm -hmm. uh, religious practice, mm -hmm. he recognizes that there is something good underlying it. They're, they're religious people. They care about getting right. things right. I, I wish that we could do that kind of thing more often. And when I have conversations with folks about the LGBTQ conversation in the church, I often find that people on both sides of, of whatever the, the particular conversation is um, have good reasons why they're on the side that they are. They, they want to love people well. Mm -hmm. They, they want to make sure that, uh, that we value truth and, and adherence to scripture, which I, I also value. Um, they, they want to make sure that God is honored, that, that we as a church continue to be salty in a culture that you know, doesn't always understand us. All these things that are all good things. Mm -hmm. And yet we end up on opposite sides and, and treat each other sometimes as enemies. And I don't think when I you know, talk about this understanding each other, I, I don't at all mean that uh, I think that everybody is right 
or mm-hmm. that I think that it doesn't matter what your position is because it's, you know, because everybody has good intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what they say about the road to hell. Yes. But, but, I, but I do think that even while taking a position where I say, I think there's a right answer and a wrong answer to this question, and I think that I have the right answer and you have the wrong answer, I can still say, but I believe that you're sincere. I believe that you have good intentions. I believe that you and I share some values. I believe that God loves you and and I love you. And rather than just treating you as my enemy, I want to sit down and get to know you, learn more about why you have the position you do. And maybe as we talk to one another and, and seek God together, we can progress together as as a church um, as friends as brothers in Christ all right but this gets to the nature of Christian truth mm. that I think is important here because when we when we talk about truth as Christians we are not talking just about things that we believe mm-hmm. issues of that we have a position on that we think should be settled, whether others agree or disagree. We're talking about a Christian commitment to truth that is connected to uh, Jesus Christ, who says of himself that he is the truth. Mm. Now, if that's true, then it's not about propositions or ideas. We're talking about a nature, a, a nature of truth that is highly relational, yes, personal, about persons, in other words. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, is there anyone who has finished knowing <laughs> anyone yet? Yeah. So that I can't say that I know my wife, for instance, of 40 years in any final way, or that she knows me, we are still discovering things about each other. Mm -hmm. There is an infinite mystery of personhood, uh, personal truth, uh, that should open us up to understanding that we're not finished learning together. And one of my problems with this issue is that it is made an issue. When it is always deeply connected to persons, and I, I know this is part of your um, work in talking across the divide, is to get us more toward this human aspect of, of, uh, of the matter and not to make it about issues as much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as, uh, as a gay man myself, I... Um, I've found so many times in my life that when I've come out as gay to my fellow Christians, their immediate response has been not to ask about my journey, get to know my story, express uh, compassion for ways in which I may have been Mm -hmm. treated by the church, but rather to tell me what their position is on the supposed issue of homosexuality or to tell me their stance on same-sex marriage or some legal debate about gay folks. And um, exactly as you say, um, I I am a person and not an issue. And I think the same thing is true on many things that we think of as issues that ultimately they're about real people's lives. And, you know, Jesus uh, didn't say 
uh, that, that Christians would be known by our positions on issues. Right. Uh, Jesus said we would be known by our love. Yes. And, uh, and so I, I think that getting issues right and doctrines right is important. But I think how we love people is more important. Well, that's right. And I, I think uh, Michael Polanyi wrote this book called Personal Knowledge. He's a, a, a philosopher and um, epistemologist. And he, he's, he's talking about how this difference of knowing the truth but that we claim religiously versus scientifically is a false antithesis, mm. right? Because even scientifically, he says, all knowledge begins with a personal sense of apprehension of data. There is an empirical sense of, of we th I think this might be so mm -hmm. based upon experience. And then there is a testing process that moves. So there's a kind of just as you, your fingers when you touch give you a tactile response and it sends a signal to your brain to begin to make sense of what you've touched. All knowledge has a personal sense about it that is first, not last. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we start there, then the, the end of that is that we will treat knowledge and truth as a, oh, we'll use a theological term here, an eschatological category, right? Mm -hmm. That is to say, we, all knowledge is provisional now. So can we learn more? Can we understand better? And I think this is one of the great struggles that I have had as in our church we wrestled with this. Uh, there, there is this sense that when the canon was closed, mm. all Christian knowledge ended and has simply been delivered and it is up to us to adopt only that which is between the leather of the King James Version or some such thing, you know. <laughs> so, um, but, but if we f follow a living God and a Christ who was raised from the dead who is calling us forward and sending us a spirit who says, I will lead you into more truth, how do we wrestle with that? Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, my goodness. We, we need to have the humility that the approach that, that you're suggesting about that sort of human uh, piece of, of acquiring knowledge, we need to have the humility to recognize that while I believe there are absolute truths in the world, uh, Tony, Tony Campolo once <laughs> said uh, something along the lines of, uh, even if we have infallible scriptures, none of us are infallible interpreters. Yes. Uh, you know, all of us need to have enough humility to recognize that we may be wrong about things that we feel certain about. And that doesn't mean that we go through life just thinking I can't possibly ever know anything, but we have to be open to learning new things and to finding out that we're wrong. Um, my goodness, how many things can I think about that I was wrong about before and I've changed my mind about, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yes. The, I, I, and I, I, I am embarrassed at the things that I was 100% certain about <laughs> that right. I was wrong about. Right. And people sometimes ask me because, uh, you know, my, my affirming, uh, LGBTQ affirming theological view is right now the, the minority view still in the global church. People will always ask me, well, you know, are you certain of your view? And my answer is something along the lines of, well, I, 
I've, I'm as certain as I can be. I don't right. live with doubt about my view. Um, but Hold I'm, that thought. We're going to take a break because okay. I want to come back to that point uh -oh. <laughs> uh, because a lot of people uh, want to know ab about whether we're simply doing to them what they have done to us if we hold this point of view, ah. right? So let's, let's be right back. Thank you for continuing to tune in to Good God. This program is available, as many of you already know, in various formats. You can take it as a podcast that uh, is delivered to all the places you would go, whether Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play, uh, and you can hear it weekly and you can subscribe to it. A new episode drops every Thursday morning and so we invite you to do that and subscribe. Uh, you can also find the video format in various places on the Facebook page where we invite you to like Good God. Uh, you can also find it on YouTube and on VocalNow, V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com, VocalNow. Uh, so these are various places you can go. I'd also want to tell you that you can go to the website. That's, that's www.goodgodproject.com, goodgodproject.com, and there you can find an archive of all of our previous episodes. If you like what you hear on any given week, you might actually uh, like to have a transcript of the conversation. And if you go to the website, goodgodproject.com, you can find a transcript there also uh, where you can cut and paste and uh, use uh, what's been said in that conversation. Uh, so we'd invite you to find various ways to continue to tune in and to enjoy these conversations. One special thing I want to say is thank you to the friends of this program who have contributed financially to make it possible for us to do this without inviting you to have to give. Uh, we're grateful for the support of friends of this program, and I hope that you will be too. Please tell your friends about Good God and continue to tune in. Thanks for being part of it. We're back with Justin Lee, and Justin, we were talking just before the break, and you were saying that sometimes people ask you, are you sure yeah. about your position? Uh, and you know, sometimes people have asked me that too, as if there is uh, some eternal consequence to my being wrong about this, right? And I, I have said to people, uh, obviously in, until we all get to the end of days, mm -hmm. uh, there's no way for us to know the answer to that question, but I would sure rather be on the side of love and mercy and take my chances with God at that time than mm. to have taken a position to exclude and to, um, uh, to call um, people who are children of God into such question that they go through anguish uh, in their life and are unable to fulfill the fullness, fulfill the fullness of their humanity. Mm. So uh, what, what do you say to people when when they ask you that question? Well, uh, uh, I mean, I think you've just given a great answer. I, I, I always, uh, you know, people ask if I feel sure, and I say, you know, I, I yes, I feel sure. Um, I have learned uh, well enough not to, um, not to ever claim that anything that I think I know is absolutely for certain, because I know I'm fallible, but I'm, I'm as certain of this as I think I am of anything. I, I've seen 
I've seen the negative impact of mm-hmm. the theology that I used to hold on people, yes. and I've seen the positive impact of uh, an affirming theology on folks, and that for me is uh, really uh, compelling evidence. Right, so someone has said something to the effect of if, if your religious position is harmful to people, yeah. then you might consider giving up your religious position because <laughs> Jesus actually and the whole witness of scripture is calling you to love your neighbor uh, and the, the whole project of redemption is one of uh, redeeming all humanity. So uh, it, it is something that should throw us back on ourselves, shouldn't it, uh, if we have that kind of position? Yeah, absolutely. There's this uh, a great passage in uh, Romans 13, 8 to 10, where Paul says, uh, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing yes. debt to love one another. Right, right. For those who love others have fulfilled the law. And, and Paul goes through all these different commandments that are, you know, among the, the ten commandments and says, these and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, and Paul's talking about relationships between human beings, so he focuses on love your neighbor as yourself. Of course, Jesus says the two great commandments are love your neighbor and, and love your God. Yes. Um, but I... Are they really two? Or is it, oh, well, exactly. isn't that one, right? Exactly, yes. right? Yes. Whatsoever you did for the least of these, right? Yes. I, I believe that, um, I, I, and I don't say this lightly, because I, I don't mean this to sound like some kind of um, uh, hand-waving to just justify a whatever. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I grew up Southern Baptist. I take right. my theology very seriously, and I take my Bible very seriously, but... Um, but, but I do think at the end of the day, everything God calls us to um, is ultimately a, a way of loving God and neighbor together. Yes. And if we find that something that we're doing is feeling more like the, the Pharisees kind of legalism that's somehow getting in the way of loving people, then we need to, as you said, rethink, right. is, is my position here really what God's calling me to or have I misunderstood? And I think that's a question the church has to ask here. And that's, that's part of you know, what I, uh, in, in Torn, that's part of what I'm trying to get at. Yes. I think Christians can disagree with my theological position on marriage and still be loving. Yes. But we need to make sure that whatever we're doing, that it's loving. And I think often that's not how it's coming across. So those who disagree mm. on this matter uh, sometimes have a hard time believing that people who hold the view that you and I hold uh, on this matter, uh, which is just to summarize, is that uh, whatever applies to one human being applies to all, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity in terms of uh, you know, our spiritual responsibility and our legal provisions and the way the church treats us. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, if I could summarize quickly. Sure. All right. Uh, but there's a, f- there's a worry that they are considered haters if they disagree. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people, you know, I love gay people. I have, you know, and it's, you know, I have black friends, I have mm-hmm. gay friends and those sorts of things. And they're genuinely, they, they genuinely mean that. And I Absolutely. genuinely trust that they do uh, feel that way. They feel somehow that if they do not have 
the so-called enlightened view mm-hmm. that, is, that, that accommodates to this sense of new knowledge out there, that they are being uh, uh, called reactionary, that, that, that a, a view that was something consistent for a couple of thousand years generally in the church, now suddenly they're on the side of the haters. Right. And they're, being, they're associated with people who are bigots and who are um, you know, uh, ready to pick up stones. They don't want to feel that way. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and, and I've found that some people do jump to that conclusion about their point of view, and they do it because this is not just a theoretical disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, gay people's lives are at stake in the way we, we handle this matter. Absolutely. Actual human beings are being told that at the very core of who they are, they are not simply behaving badly, they are bad. Yeah. And they feel that tension and they can't live with that tension easily. So what do you say to gay Christians mm. uh, who feel this real deep woundedness when someone says, you know, I'm welcoming, but I'm not affirming. Yeah. I am, I, I love you, but I simply do not agree with your, and usually the language is lifestyle or something <laughs> like that. We, we can talk about language, right? Yeah. But, but honestly, how do we, how do we help gay Christians mm-hmm. come to a, a place of honor and respect and engage when they're wounded and hurt? Well, you know, I always talk um, with my fellow gay and LGBTQ Christians about my experience that, you know, I, uh, for many mm-hmm. years, um, opposed same-sex marriage, believed that uh, being gay was a choice before recognizing that I was gay. <laughs> um, there are lots of views that I am embarrassed that I held. Yes, I know that at the time I held those views, I was not being hateful or homophobic. Right. And so I never accuse anyone of being hateful or homophobic for holding those positions. And Good. I encourage others not to do that right. because I, I don't think that helps us yes. with, uh, you know, in dialogue. But I do say to those folks who hold those views, Um, You know, if you have come to a theological conclusion based on your understanding of Scripture, and it differs from my conclusion, uh, that's that's one thing. But but if you want to be loving, and I I really think that most Christians do, um, it takes more than just saying, I want to be loving, I want to welcome you. It takes moving beyond a position of having sympathy to a position of having empathy. Uh. And that requires doing more than just uh, saying, I love you and I want you to feel welcome and I'm not going to hate on you. Mm-hmm. It requires really investing time in yes. listening to people's stories, understanding their journeys, and thinking deeply about things like, if you believe that God has called me to lifelong celibacy because I'm gay, what does that mean? Because if you think that that's just a question of uh, sexual abstinence, then you haven't really taken the time to think about what would it mean for you if you had to spend the rest of your life alone? Yes. 
your primary concern wouldn't be about sex. It would be about companionship and intimacy and who's gonna help care for me if I get, if I get sick one day and yes. I can't care for myself and all of these things. And often um, folks, while they intend to be loving, they haven't thought through all of that. And that's all part of that empathy. Right, so it reminds me of Frederick Buechner's definition of compassion, you know, which is that it, it's that somehow fatal experience of living inside someone else's skin, mm. right? <laughs> uh, where you, you really lose your sense of self and you begin to think and feel, what would it be like to be this other person? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that's the move from sympathy to uh, empathy that, that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, this, you mentioned this notion of celibacy. I think most Christians think celibacy is the same as sexual abstinence, and mm -hmm. really it's a, it's a broader statement about just being single, mm -hmm. which also means, well, what, are the, what, are the, what is the end result of what's possible for a gay Christian yeah. uh, in, in the church? And uh, for some, the answer to that would be, we have come to recognize that um, this may not be a choice, that for whatever reasons, uh, either the randomness of nature or the gift of God, uh, some people are uh, same-sex oriented. Right. And I see more and more people recognizing that. Yeah. Uh, I think that there is more and more acknowledgement that that is so, and there's not an attempt to try to uh, tell someone else about their experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think that then there's the separation between who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. And that and then we move into the category of you, you can be accepted, but you have to behave in certain ways uh, that are n not consistent with how straight people uh, are expected to behave. This yeah. is partly what years ago uh, you, you termed side A, side B cr Christians on the matter. And, and even that's beginning to break down, you and I were talking about. But uh, what do you say to people who say, uh, it's fine for you to be same-sex oriented, uh, but it's clear that you have a limitation uh, that straight people don't have. It must be your cross to bear for Christ to live in a way that is unlike any other Christian. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, two big things. Um, one is, you know, I, I don't think ultimately that that's, I don't think ultimately that's healthy. Uh, to, I, I think some people are called to celibacy, but I think to try to enforce celibacy on folks who are not called to it. Mm -hmm. um, I, think if, I think if most straight Christians, if they thought about it, uh, would, would have to be honest that if the church as a whole enforced celibacy on all people, mm -hmm. uh, we'd have very few people who would be willing to stay in the church. Yes. Um, and I think in, in the Bible we see that one of the things that early Christians were very concerned about, that Jesus was concerned about, um, was that there not be tremendous burdens keeping people from coming to Christ. And I uh -huh. think that's a tremendous burden. Very true. Now that said, I understand that there are folks who believe that the Bible is clear on this. And while I disagree with them, I say, well, okay, if we, if we were to take that as a given, we need to do more than, than just say, here's what you can't do. Don't get married, don't have sex. Yes. My friend Eve Tushnet, who's gay and mm -hmm. Catholic and celibate, mm -hmm. uh, says 
that the church needs to offer more than what she calls a vocation of no. Ah. She says you can't have a vocation of not gay marrying and not having sex. <laughs> That's good. That's and, great. And so it's important to really ask the question, not just what do you think I shouldn't do, yes. but let's talk together about what would, a, what would it look like for me to flourish as a Christian in the church, in this culture, in this world, um, in a way that, that would be healthy and, and honoring to God. And if you think that that can't include marriage, then what can it include? Because just to say celibacy right. is, not a, is not a complete answer. This is, this is not that different, it seems to me, from the question of what are women allowed to do in the Catholic Church? Yeah. If they <laughs> can't have a priestly vocation, right. Right, then for, in, in a sense, they've also received this vocation of no to a certain extent without necessarily having a path to serving uh, Christ and, and the people of God. Uh, and I think the church is beginning to re-examine that question, the Catholic Church is, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Well, we've, we've run out of time on uh, this episode, uh, but Justin, thank you for being such a clear and positive witness, a generous person in the way you talk about your own experience and calling people to love and respect one another in the church. We're very grateful. Well, thanks so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Terrific. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason, produced and directed by Jim White. Guest coordination and social media by Upward Strategy Group. Good God, Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2019 by Faith Commons.